welcome back to the third phase. We have someone really special on today. More special for me because he's from my hometown, Porirua. So good representative, a good favourite son of ours. So applied his trade all over the world, but now makes himself a Geordie up in Newcastle. And as they say here, he's so good. They named him twice. Sinoti, Sinoti. How's it going, brother? What's up, boys? What's up? It's good to be here. Nah, good, good, good. Just to give a bit of a debrief on, on you, man, what's... Do you want to give a breakdown of, of who Sonotti is? So pretty much, yeah, like you just said, my name's Sonotti Sonotti. Currently play my trade in Newcastle uh, Falcons. Been here for like six years. And I'm pretty much like a gypsy in terms of in, in the rugby scene. Eh? Been all over the show. Traveller. <laughs> <laughs> so first, um, obviously I was in the, um, like long story short, I was in the Wellington Academy. Couldn't crack the NPC, so I went to Toulon, went as a medical joker, st- stayed there for like a year and a half, and then went to cast, and then come home, had a couple of games for Norths, uh, got picked up from uh, Peter Russell at Hawke's Bay for two seasons. And then after that, went to Italy, signed for Ironi, which uh, went which went bank- uh, bankrupt. <laughs> and then... Uh, Signed with another team in Italy, uh, Zebras, who are currently playing in the, um, well, back then it was like the Pro 12. But the only reason I was playing um, with those teams is because they were playing um, top level rugby and plus they're in the Heineken too. But that's not to say we're getting pumped like week in, week out. <laughs> 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 bro, it was tough. And then uh, after, after Zebras, I come home, come home, had a couple of games for Norse again. And then obviously, um, Boydie reached out, uh, the coach uh, now for Northampton. He reached out to um, come trial for the um, well, uh, Wellington team. So I had a couple of preseason games there. And obviously, done well. And then, uh, yeah, played my first game with Lima, who uh, put me away for my first try. <laughs> well, I remember that, eh? Was it against yeah. counties? It was against yeah, counties, right. eh? Yeah, because the first time, remember you put that chip through, and then like I, I mucked it up because I dropped the ball and I had. To oh yeah, through. that's right, that's right. With the line wide <laughs> open, eh? You dropped the ball. Bro. I put the kick in. Oh, bro, my that. whole fam, my whole family was around the TV watching, and it was like because that was their dream for like their sons to play in Wellington and, and stuff and stay in like the actual like city. Honestly, when they saw me fumble there, oh, they were like, oh my gosh, uppercut yourself, uppercut yourself. <laughs> but no, nah, I bring it back with that, with that good ball, that, that missed ball from Lima. So, But then after that, I got injured for the whole season and then I was out. And then uh, Peter Russell, who was at Hawke's Bay, called me up, said to come to Newcastle and then been here ever since. Massive rugby career, but going back before then, like, what's your background, brother? Oh, bro, coming from Pororoa, like... Not everything was easy. Not everything came simple for um, me and my family, just in terms of like, you know, culture wise, like with the island boys, we tend to struggle um, at a young age, just, you know, just streams from from, uh, our parents and stuff. But, um, you know, they always tried their best for us. But uh, yeah, wasn't always easy, to be honest. Growing up was, was tough, but we managed to get through. So, you know, we we made we made good of what, what what we had, and you know, my parents done well for me, and for the rest of my um my siblings. Mean bro, and like, what kind of got you through those tough times, brother? Was it just more kind of the love and the family, or what? What was the what was the go, bro? It was just pretty much my mum 
telling me when I was like young to go knock on the next door neighbor asking for to borrow 20 quid (laughs) 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 and we're we're paying him back the following week nah but um I don't know man it's just like you know whenever my mum got money like you know she'll try to fork out the best she could for us and obviously my dad working like you know in carpentry and stuff so like if you know my parents were trying to do their bit after like you know migrating from uh from Samoa to here it's, it's never easy really it worked out mate well everyone's all happy like when I was I, I keep referring back to like you know when I in my younger days like obviously mate pretty much I I was pretty much a bum mate like when I was in horror <laughs> I, I was like <laughs> like you know what I mean like for, Dropped out of school. I mean, got didn't drop out of school, but you know, principal got told me to like you know leave school and stuff like that. But um, Poro itself, like when gr- like growing up, it felt like pretty much a bubble way. Eh? Like, like it was quite tough to get out. And um, nah, yeah. Once I left, I realized you know there's these bigger things in the world to like explore and to like um, you know, these different avenues and to like. And so, like, um, opportunities and, like, work-wise, because obviously back at home, work-wise, man, it's, it's it's tough, man. It's tough to find good work. All the experience that I'm trying to gain and that I'm actually gaining at the moment, call my parents, call my family, and just offer my advice and stuff and my little, like, my five cents and, like, you know, how we can work together to build, like, a, a good foundation for the future. This can only be a good thing, right? When you kind of meet new people and have new experiences in different places and learn learn other ways to do something, and it might be the it might be the same problem, and you can look at it in different ways. So I think that, and I guess your your rugby career has almost helped you in that way because it's kind of your first your first kind of main cl- big club was Toulon, right? Like well, you didn't go through the Super Rugby route, which kind of is the normal way through. Do you reckon that's kind of helped you in a way that you kind of started? You know, your first big club was was in Toulon. Hundred percent, mate. That's that is the only reason how I got out of the um, how I got out of the town. So the so the the back the back story was um, <clears throat> so obviously JC and Tana had um moved to Toulon, and obviously I was back in uh Paul um, working part time at um Housing New Zealand. Shout out to um TJ's um TJ Perinaro's mum for me up with that part time job. While yeah. I was doing that, um, <laughs> yeah, and she's good. While I was in the academy, so I was kind of doing both and stuff, and but I really wasn't doing much, you know what I mean. So, um, and then I was at KFC. Um, I was at, and I was I was in KFC. Um, obviously, then JC called me and told me it was like, bro, like get ready, you're gonna come up um, in two days. And I was like, what? The, are you serious? It was like, yeah, man. Like he pulled some strings and stuff, and like. And you got me up there, like fuck. So it was just a phone oh. call. Forty-eight hours. You're on a plane going to the south of France from yeah. Porirua. Hard. It was like I was shocked, man. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't even know how to think. I don't. I was like lost it. And then we ended up leaving KFC and like you know, <laughs> just contemplated on like you know what what's going to happen and stuff. It was a no-brain. I was going to gap it anyways, but like, man, it was just a, it was just a shock. Now, yeah. so so like prior to that, what? So you're working part time. Where was your rugby life at, bro? Before you got the maybe call it a lifeline or the opportunity of a lifetime, bro. Where was your rugby career at then? While I was doing the so while I was in the academy and working part time, so I'll do the academy in the morning and then I'll like rush home, like shower up, chill out for a bit, and then like 
obviously go to um, go to work, and then that was pretty much it. But then I, the only reason why I didn't crack it is because um, I got because I had a breakthrough year for Norths. Obviously, I yeah. scored about nineteen tries here, and that was the year like you know I thought I was going to crack the um, the NPC, but then I missed out on a guy called uh, Brendan Watt. If you you know Brendan Watt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bro, he's the man. He's the man. I follow him on Instagram. Big shout out to him too. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's when uh, Jamie Joseph was the coach, and then like obviously they named the squad, and I was waiting for the squad to get named, and then they named uh, Brendan Watt and uh, two Umanga Marshall. Shout out to two as well. So yeah, so I missed out on that, and then I was left out. And I, was, <laughs> I was like crying inside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bro, and so and so, how did um, the relationship with uh, JC and him getting you to Toulon come about? Like, is, is that just because you know, like Porirua boys, you know, like it's a quite quite a tight knit community up there, and or or, or what? Bro, um, first of all, rest in peace to my cousin Jerry and his beautiful oh. partner. But um, yeah, that's how it started, pretty much. He knew I wasn't doing anything here. He knew, like, he knew the cycle, what was happening in P Town. And he knew the fact that I was doing nothing with my life. And so he he kind of sensed like I've always I've always been good at rugby, like, you know, and in, in, in some kind of sense. Not the man though, but like I've always been good. But then he gave me that opportunity to take me up and just um just give me a break and uh, he must have pulled a few strings, man, here and there. And then I went up as a medical joker, I waited it out for like I didn't play for like three and a half months when I got up there. And so he pretty much told the coach, he goes, look, you need to play my cousin. If he doesn't play well, you send him back. Because I pretty much wasn't doing, like, nothing, man. I was just training and blah, 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 like, doing nothing, pretty much just cleaning his house. Bro, it was a, it was an eye-opener, bro, in terms of that. Because I've never been in a professional setup before, honestly, man, just to go there. So, like, I got picked up um, at the airport from this guy. I don't even, I, I, don't even, I can't remember his name. And then JC pulls up with uh, SB, shout out to um, Sonny Bill. And then I was like, wow, oh, bro, I was starstruck. Some names, <laughs> man. <laughs> they pulled up, they pulled up and they were like, oh, what's up, boss? Like, you know, let's go to the house. Because obviously I stayed with them for my first season. And I was like, mate, I was like, what the, this is like awesome, man. So, nah, yeah, that's how I started. Like, JC got me over. Obviously, JC was staying with SBW, and then, yeah, I joined them, and then I was just staying with them for the season. That first, that game that's um, with Jerry saying, "Let him, let my cousin play," and you can send him home if he plays yeah. bad. You must have played, must have played all right. Oh, bro, nah, I didn't actually. <laughs> 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 bro, so so my first game, I come off the bench against uh, I think Montauban, and I was marking that Fijian winger. You know that guy? He's got long De La Salle. Does anyone remember him? He's quite tall. He needs to wear the gloves. It was a quick. Oh, anyways, like yeah, he went to go catch a high ball, and then I, I like um, high tackled him, and then I got a yellow card, and I got sent off. <laughs> bro, bro, I got sent off, and I thought, oh yeah, that's me, mate. I'm on the plane first back to New Zealand. But then, uh, nah, yeah, got another shot. Coach gave me another shot. Tana gave me another shot. Uh, had a home game and then done well, scored two tries. And then from then on, I just started. Hectic, bro. And who were some of the names in that Toulon squad and kind of 
who were you in and around? Like Tana, Tana was uh, coaching. Bro, we had a real good circle in Toulon, man. Honestly, we had like Sunny, JC, uh, Mafi Kefu, um, Fotu, Aulua, uh, Matt Henje. We had heaps of foreigners, man. Basically, the whole team was foreign, and we had a, like an English interpreter. So, <laughs> man, it was crazy. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, because um, <clears throat> I've heard some stories from uh, Malachi um, and, yep. and, and the lifestyle um and Toulon. Can you touch a bit about that? He said the French are pretty crazy over there, man. Bro, in terms of the lifestyle, that's where I that's where I failed personally. My first year because coming in into a, a professional environment, I felt like I failed I failed to, you know, portray and you know act like a professional uh rugby player, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. from a young guy coming from P Town and then just jumping straight into a professional environment, I felt like I didn't like do myself any justice, bro. And I, I pretty much just ruined my, uh, pretty much just ruined my chances, man. In terms of like um, what um, transpired after, like you know, later down the line, and um, things like that. But yeah, you can definitely get caught up in the in the in the lifestyle and that buzz. Yeah, like you know, I'm rolling. I'm like, I'm this and that. I'm blah blah blah. Like. Yeah, definitely got caught up in, in that in that scene, and then, bro, that's that's no one's fault but my own. So, do you think? Uh, so, <clears throat> so how old were you at the time? Did you? I was twenty three at the time. Twenty three, twenty two. Yeah, bro. Yeah, and so this was your first professional gig. You jump on a yep. plane, you go to the south of France. You know, it's sunny, mm-hmm. it's hot. You know, mm-hmm. like it's everything. You know, you're getting money in your pocket. Mm. Do Do you just think it comes back down to having all of this and never having anything when you're growing up? Not really, mate. I just didn't know how to act. Bro, to be honest, I just didn't even know how to act or portray or how to be like a professional rugby player. I mean, so all my money that I got, I was sending back at home. And yeah. so I was living off um, JC. So JC was pretty much supporting me. All I had to do was make sure like the house was clean, do the washing, obviously um, drive us to training, just small things like make our lunch or go buy our lunch. Yeah. stuff like that honestly but but that's a heck of a mentor to have bro mate i found it tough like it was, mind you because if it's your first time leaving the country like you know leaving like small poro going into a big ass like scene that you've never been before it can be quite scary and then i couldn't understand why it, like you know obviously it was at jc's first time as well and then like you know sunny bill's first time as well so like you know everyone's going through their own thing but in terms of in terms of that i was more like yeah i messed up more than any than any of them and pretty much so so how like you know how i fell out with the club is no one's fault but mine really so what happened with the club so that second year um that's when uh, they, uh, I think Tana was, the, uh, he moved to uh, the backs coach. And then we got a new coach, a French coach. His name was Philippe Saint Andre. And then uh, he recruited, um, obviously, like some big names, like obviously, like Tom May, Johnny Wilkinson. That year, the team was like, was fire, man. They were real good. And uh, I think um, when Johnny came, he, bro, he's professional to the day. He's, he's the man. He's such a good guy, too. Like, big shout out to Johnny as well. Like, you know how he looks like a, a um, real nice guy? He actually is, man. 
Awesome, bro. What did you take away from playing with Johnny, like the, in terms of insights or kind of training habits or professionalism? Bro, he's professional to the to the highest level. Like you know how you hear that story, like if he misses a kick, he'll he'll start all over again. Yeah, that story's true. Just in terms of his um, persona and the way he talks to you, like like it feels like you know when he, so like you know when you got team meetings and like you know usually guys that like you know like they try and talk down at you. Well, he actually yeah. talks to you to a point where you can understand and then like, you know, you can feed off him because what he actually talks about, he actually like, you know, replicates on the field. Not like those other guys who talk a lot of rubbish, but then you come on the field and then that end up, you end up picking up the rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're going to talk like you're the man, you better make sure you'll be pulling it off on the field, man. So many people like that here, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro! You hey, me up. Hey, hey, you know, you know. You ended up falling out with the club. What was um? Yeah. What was the go there, bro? What what happened there, man? So, just discipline stuff off the field. Obviously, I, I can't get too much into it because yeah. you know I had an agreement with the club to not oh, okay. like um disclose what we had. We like you know the arrangement. So if I was to breach that, obviously then I'm breaching what like you know what the. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. pretty much breaching each other, so I can't really get into that too much. But yeah, so we we pretty much like um, uh, you know came to an agreement where I was to leave, and then I went back home. Um, had an opportunity. Oh, that's when I went to Hawks. Oh, I played a few. Oh, sorry, mixing up my words here. Too much Red Bull. But, um, <laughs> so I, I had a game about, I think I had two games of Norse when I came back home and I played against MSP and then um, I got picked up from uh, Peter Russell who took me to Hawke's Bay. But then that's the same time I had another opportunity to, um, oh, sorry. After, so after Toulon, I went to Cast. I went straight to oh, Cast. Yeah. yeah. And I finished my season there, come home, had two more games for um, Norse and then, um, had a chance to go to Biarritz, but then I decided not to go to Biarritz, but go to Hawks Bay to try and crack the super. And then obviously that didn't work out. And then <laughs> <laughs> unlucky, man. Yeah, but, Why do you yeah. think that was, bro? Because I think like when you look at wingers now, like back then it was it was big power wingers, you know. But like obviously now you're seeing a lot more wingers come up. Um, who are a lot more nimble, quicker, like obviously you're powerful as well, but a lot yeah. more kind of footwork-based wingers. What, what do you think was the, the gap that you're missing or what was some of the feedback you received, bro? When was this? Around kind of when you're trying to crack super rugby and, you know, you spent uh, the two years of Hawks Bay. Mm. And... So, bro, I had no sense of, like, vision. I yeah. was one of those guys who would just get the ball run where, <laughs> the, where <laughs> the best option was to actually run, draw, and pass the ball. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I was those guys, like who would just run and like try and run over the guy when there's like a full-on overlap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was those typical guys. That's why that's that's one of the reasons why I never cracked the super. <laughs> but and then another reason why it's just my parents wanted me to stay um like in New Zealand. Yeah, and like you know, it was always it was like you know, as Islanders, it's always their dream like for their kids to like play super, and then you know, obviously move on to that you know ABs or like whatever Samoa like etc etc so yeah that's why I went to Hawks Bay and um, obviously it didn't work out that way and then moved to Italy <laughs> and how did how did Italy go bro? bro Italy was like ah, Italy's beautiful way eh? in terms of um, life outside of rugby obviously our team was like 
<laughs> Our team, man, we were getting pumped like right, left, and center. No offense to my team. Shout out to the yeah. boys, uh, but, uh, to my teammates that are working there. Like, um, honestly, like, like Nick Williams, Tyson Keats, uh, G, Clouds, James. Yeah, we had those guys. That's awesome. why we went back from um, oh, limo. That's why we went back from because uh, Nick was making all the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. The same, man. Say to you guys, hey. Yeah, but now nah, so, you can you can understand why they went bankrupt because we were like kitted out in like machino like suits. Our after our after match food was like lobster. Like <laughs> man, it was like five star. Our kit was like our kit was like Adidas, and like you know the kit door was always open, so the boys were just helping themselves to stuff. The facilities man. were like just up there, and then obviously just went bankrupt. Uh, bankrupt, sorry. Like, was it just one week we're on, the next week we're off, or was it kind of a gradual period? How did that all play out? Oh, so pretty much they said they went bankrupt, and then like some of us didn't get paid for like the last three three months. Every player is different, so some like some of us didn't get paid for like our last three months um, of our contract, and so we just had to gap and like leave where some boys left other uh, to other clubs and where I went to Zebras, who was just like two and a half hours away from the actual club. That there was a new that was a new club that was um gonna start playing in the Pro 12 and in the Heineken. When I went to Zebras, I was just pretty much doing my own thing in terms of obviously it's a team sport. Like every time I got the ball, like I always think like, man, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to outshine. I'm just going to like, you know, do what I do best. And then hopefully I, you know, just do what I can. Obviously we're still getting pumped, but like I can walk off the field knowing that, man, I've done my best. I gave it my all. So I'm all good. Players like oppositions who would come and tell me like, oh, in videos and stuff, they need to say like, oh, like watch um, Sonotti. You need to watch that Sonotti guy. He's he's a bit tricky and stuff like that. <laughs> so, like you know, I took that. Like, yeah, I took that as a compliment and stuff. But no, it was good, man. I, I really loved it. And like you know, obviously, like my partner loved it as well. And we got to travel a lot. Bro, it's at least beautiful. You could live there um, after rugby, mate. If you're to retire, man, it's so beautiful. Where's your uh, Where's your favorite place? Rugby. Yeah. Where's your- uh, Rome. Yeah, Rome, nice. Rome. Love history, man. Because it took me a while to get into history, and then like my history knowledge started to build to the point where, man, I couldn't sleep without watching something that was like that involved history. Yeah, whether it was about Egypt, Machu Picchu, Mesopotamia. Honestly, I couldn't sleep until like I like <laughs> I done. My- <laughs> it was crazy. That that was like one of my like hobbies, man. Like, I couldn't sleep like so. <laughs> For me to fall asleep, I would have to watch the, like, you like know. Like a documentary history. or something, like, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, on YouTube for me to fall asleep. <laughs> but, like, Fuzzy. I, was, I was obsessed with it. It was crazy. No, I was just going to say, are you one of those guys that um, when you go on tours, you have to read every sign or do you just skip through it all? Nah, I read every sign. <laughs> I, try, I, I try to take it all in because, um, obviously, like, you know, when it's time to go back home, it's going to be quite, like, you know, you never know if you're going to come back to um, Europe and stuff. Yeah, so hard. like you know, I'm trying to make the most of it. Honestly, you know England. So when I had to, uh, so when I had to do my test to get my permanent uh, permanent residency here, honestly, England were like modern day gangsters, man. They were ruthless back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys were some. That's crazy about the history, <laughs> about England history, man. Honestly, 
there were some ruthless people back in those days, man. When you look at the royals now, obviously they don't do any of that. But you know their ancestors—they've done some pretty horrible, horrible yeah. things to people. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, some of the stuff that you read, like that you read about, that you research about, it's like, what the hell? They basically almost took over the whole world, just like Rome. I mean, just the Romans. Like, yeah, I think there's like a um, there's the like this map that, that I've, I imagine you've probably seen it. Where you there's a map of kind of all the all the countries in the world where uh, like the British have colonized in some way or Mate, another and it's like pretty much uh, uh, everywhere it's covered right yeah 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 yeah. yeah. maybe a handful of countries that are not um, have yeah. not been touched but otherwise all of them have been uh, influenced by colonization yeah. yeah I'm not an expert but mate like you know they came and touched New Zealand touched Australia touched like you know the, the islands you know yep. what I mean it's just but we won't get into that. That's another subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were, uh, too, too, too emotional, I think. <laughs> oh, hard, mate. You, you could speak forever about that, man. Like, wow, it's crazy. Nah, I was just going to say, so Zebras finishes up and like, what happened after that, bro? When I go after Zebras? Bro, so many. Like I said, man. Bro, you ran all over. <laughs> yeah. The gypsy. After zebras, um, I was supposed to. Um, obviously, I was, I was close to going to Ospreys. Ospreys, um, but was, they yeah. fell through because they didn't offer enough. And plus, at that, my agent at the time lifted too late, so I had to travel back home. Had a couple of games, and then just got uh, got a call from Boydie. He said, "Look, um, interested in you, like in the wider squad." If you're keen to train and like, you know, obviously playing the preseason games, we'll uh, like to have you. And then obviously I've done that process, uh, played some preseason games and just, bro, I took it serious. Like I went hard and, and um, obviously got picked. I got picked and then, uh, yeah, started from there. And then I uh, got my opportunity to start with uh, Lima against counties. One try, got injured and then out for the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I actually, it was actually mean times um, back then, eh? Like when we were playing yeah. the High Team Cup, it's a whole yeah. bunch of young guys, and I think like Rodney was still in the team, so there was yeah. still some like good old dudes, you know, like Namir Telada yeah. was there. Yeah. Bro, it Floss, was mean, eh? Floss, like, yeah, Floss, was, he's a character. <laughs> but, <laughs> and they'll take us out all the time, you know, like on corny place, and we'd just be like young yeah. dudes, just like listening to all the old school stories, how uh, you know what that's, they and that's when it's like hard. That's when Maddie Proctor was coming up too. Now look where yeah, he's bro. at. Because like, <laughs> I come off on I come off on one of those um the warm up games and I was sitting next to him. I was like, bro, when you get on, just make sure you kill it, man. And now we now look at him. Ah, he's killing it for Northampton. Oh, man. With his dad, Boydie, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you feel like you've gone through all this journey back and forth to New Zealand? few things fall through club go bust had your had your challenges at Toulon like when when is the point you're like oh actually whilst you've had your ups and downs you've had a, a career that's like 10 years right that's all I would say above average for like most most professional rugby players when, when is the point you're gonna go oh actually I can make something of this or I can be a full-time rugby player and do it long and, and be a long-serving player of Newcastle bro I got so sick of it because um to the point where, because, you know, in our line of work, I'm sure, like, you know, as a, any rugby player will know, it's quite scary because nothing's like, you know, nothing's certain and stuff. And so when I got the opportunity to come to Newcastle, 
mate, I, I basically didn't talk for two years, mate. I basically just put my head down and just done what I needed to do to get my, to, to like get re-signed pretty much. That's how I done it, man. Like I, I just went hard at it. And plus, like considering I was coming to like a club that spoke English, it, it also helped me as well. Because obviously I was playing with foreign teams, but when I came to, because um, obviously like back in um, back in New Zealand when we we're younger, like you know some of the like the, the big names, uh, the big teams here were like you know televised back at home, like mm. Wasp, Leicester, obviously um, you know yeah. So I need to come here, and then for me to like get another contract, I need to go. I need to play really well. But every time I got the ball, bro, I needed to shine. Uh, I challenge that they speak English up there because I've heard a few, few heard a few new Geordies speak, and it doesn't sound like English. But you know, when I came here, like truth, you know, when I came here, I was like, why isn't he talking properly? Like, why isn't he talking properly? Obviously, this is England. Why can't he? Why can't he speak proper English? I was that brutal, man. I thought they just spoke like 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 Londoners. Yeah, I didn't even know they spoke like that. Um, you know, like that. I can't understand type language and I was like <laughs> damn man can you slow, slow down but then I, you know obviously like throughout the time and stuff like I learned to adapt and like you know I learned like you know obviously that's their culture like they're on the border of Scotland and hence that's why like you know they're quite similar just got to embrace it really the Wellington Lions opportunity when Boydie gave you the call and probably the Newcastle opportunity have been the, the times where you've taken rugby really seriously and kind of yeah. had a bit more longer-term vision around your rugby and, and what that looks like. What was that yeah. transformation like, bro, in terms of... Man, that that just changed my mentality, like, big time. Because um, I remember when I told Boydie I was leaving, uh, I was leaving for Newcastle, and he told me if, if ever I needed to come back, he'll, like, he'll, like, bring me back into the to the Wellington fold straight away. That's how good he was, man. He, he was so good to me, eh, when I... He's such a good guy, man. Like I don't know, like everyone's got their favourites. He's one of mine, um, <clears throat> and also too, like uh, Philippe Saint Andre. Even though, like you know, things didn't work out back in Toulon, I still remember the words that he said to me, like um, before I left. He was like, "So not like you know, by you leaving here, this is this is going to make you a better player." And to this day, man, I haven't forgotten like what he said. Talk to us about life now, bro. Like, obviously, you're a lot more established. You're proven, like, bro, one highlight. Like, bro, talk to us about <laughs> talk to us about your kind of mindset now, how you feel as a rugby player, as a person, like, in terms of your transformation to now going through so much, yeah. all these overseas journeys, <clears throat> that kind of stuff to, to where you are now, bro. How, how does that all feel and, and looking back? Bro, um... To be honest, man, I'm quite happy, eh? Considering, like, you know, obviously I've been through a lot, but then that's pretty much uh, it's got it's got me to where I am right now. Um, obviously, like, I'm quite settled now. And then, because all that stuff that you that I went through, and like every little thing that like you know you, you go through now, you just feel blessed. You even just feel blessed, like you know when say like you you're in, you're involved in the squad and you're not playing, for example, like. I'm just blessed just to have a job, man, at the end of the day, like where these guys are just, you know, they're quite bitter, like if they're not being picked. But like at the end of the day, man, I'm like, my thinking's different because of my background. Pretty much I always think like I should not be here or I should, I don't deserve this or I don't deserve, I don't deserve that because like 
it's just throughout my whole past, man. And for me to get where I am right now, like my family, like everything, man, like in terms of a good setup, um, you know, working on life outside of um, post-rugby, I'm coming towards the end of my rugby. So, like, you know, it's giving me that opportunity to work on that, mate. So I'm 100% blessed. And I'm 100% blessed, like, for it, throughout, like, all the teams that i played with, all the guys who have helped me out. And, like, you know, I, I don't want to, like, name drop them too much, but, fuck, Sonny Bill was a big influence when I was um, when I was coming up, man. A, a real big influence. like, And he's still a big influence uh, to this day, man. Like, honestly, it's not even funny. Like, that guy, like... So I came with no money um, in France, had no phone to contact my parents or like my girlfriend. And then he was like, oh, bro, jump in the car. We jumped in the car and it was like, pick a phone. And bro, the guy bought me a phone, man, for me to call my parents and stuff. That's how good he was. And I was like, ah, honestly, I'll never forget that. So like big shout out to him for, for that. And just the other boys too, who were helping me out, like as I was going through like tough times there, like, Matt Hanjack, you know, obviously Muffy, 4-2, and then with Nick Williams up in uh, Italy, Tyson Keats, and like, and then like a lot of people have helped me out um, to get to where I am right now, bro. So I'm I'm pro- I'm just real privileged and blessed, bro. Hundred percent, bro. Just quickly back to um Sunny Bill, like I've been like yourself, lucky enough to um get get to know the guy and um you know see him up close in person. <laughs> You know, because yeah, the only the only time I used to watch him was like on YouTube clips at school, and then you know he yeah. became one of my teammates and like good friend now. But yeah. it's actually crazy, like like his actual heart, eh? Because you see so many people hate on him, and it's just like, man, if you got to if you got <laughs> like to sit down with him for one lunch or like one one coffee, lunch, man, one coffee, I think that your perspective would change of him. You know huh. what I mean? Bro, he'll take his T-shirt off his back and give it to you straight up. But these people just hate on it. Don't worry, man. There's always going to be haters, man. Like, they'll never stop, man. There was always haters throughout the whole of our fucking, like, civilization, man. So it's just on another level because, obviously, social media is, like, booming at the moment. It's crazy. But it's just crazy, you know, like, the stuff that he does, you know. Like, I remember rooming with him at the All Blacks and, like, you know, I've got my, like, gear and, like, I think I've got heaps of gear and you look over to his side of the room and he's got, like, like brand new boxes of shoes. He's got, like, yeah, so man. many brand new clothes. I'm just, like, looking over, like, oh, yo, I'll take, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, he's like that. Yeah, and he's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, sweet, also you in my clothes. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, just chuck it in my bag. Yeah. He's like that. He's like, yeah, you can touch that pile, but you can't touch this pile. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's his good pile. And then, like, you know, this is pile that he's worn, like, for a couple of, for a couple, like, a couple of times. But, nah, he's good like that. And honestly, man, just the content and the message that he's sending out at the moment is just, like, I love it, eh? I just love his content and like, you know, just what he's putting out, what he's trying to do for the world. Like he's using his platform like to the best of his ability. And honestly, man, that is the best thing. That's best. That's like so good to see, man. So good to watch as well. How do you think the social media, bro, has, you've probably come through an era where social media hasn't been as prevalent and now obviously everyone's on TikTok, Instagram, etc. How have yeah. you seen that in your <clears throat> career, bro? Have you done... I've gone to that point where I don't care now. I don't care what people think or what people say about me. 
Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I just post what I post, bro. Like, like I don't because I've gotten to that point where I don't even care no more because I don't know. I'm just so self aware that it's, it's just goes over here, bro. So, for example, just like you guys, like um, you know how you guys set up this podcast, and like um, just seeing Lima do his thing, seeing Ari do his thing, just seeing like you guys, like you know, just actually getting out there and like you know doing something with yourselves like you're, you're not just sitting on your ass so you're not just working like nine to five years are actually doing things and then i'm seeing that i'm obviously seeing that and i'm like why can't i do that as well or why should i care or why should i care if they don't care you know what i mean and like you know just like feeding off like you know for example Adi, like sunny like when how they like just come online and go live and stuff like why should i care if they don't care like that's like those are like that that's what helped me like you know, not caring and stuff. And like guys who are trying to like make it and like, you know, like um if you follow like um what's that basketball um podcast again? Uh all the smoke. All the smoke, all the smoke. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Bro, so, like, that's, they, a, that's a good one. That's a good one to watch too. Mm, <laughs> they yeah. don't care so how, at all, bro. Yeah, bro. So how they started off and now look now look where they are. Mm. So like they don't care, like, you know, so why should I? Like, you know, just little things like that and just feeding off these guys and like, you know, seeing your content makes me happy and then like, you know, makes me want to just put out some content that I feel like I'm still trying to look but like, you know, I'm just playing around. I'm just doing my thing and just having fun with it. Yeah, I mean that's very that's very much us as well. Like we're still giving it yeah, a crack, yeah, but like you know, and kind of was one thing for us is just you know because we're all good mates from schools, like or let's just do something yeah. that keeps us all doing yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. when Lima when when I spoke to Lima and he said that I was like, man, that's so cool for you guys to be childhood friends and to actually like you know actually go this because it's a scary thing trying to do a podcast. Yeah, man. like it's not. Oh, bro. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, mate. Like it's a scary thing, but you guys you guys chose to do that, Lee, and then like. Man, honestly, I got 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 to appreciate that. Honestly, hundred percent, you got to appreciate that. Like anyone who's trying to get it, like, uh, just got to appreciate it. Just in terms of your podcast, like I was just thinking just before while you were talking, I was like, mate, just be patient. Honestly, uh, like, uh, just be patient. Let it grow. Let it grow. Yeah. It could boom, mate. Honestly, <clears throat> it's all about patience. But honestly, I I can see this booming, mate. Honestly, hundred percent. There's space for everyone to succeed on whatever it may be, I think. And I think that's what, you know, we can do, or we can do multiple things, right? Like you can be a rugby player and do something else with, you know, outside of your rugby life that was now going to set you up, whatever that may be. It's like, is this something you've thought of? Like, I know you mentioned it before. Like, what's, what's been your thinking, you know, Sonoti, five, ten years? Yeah. So obviously, we got our pyramids uh, to like stay here hmm. for good just to cover ourselves in terms of when that Brexit stuff was happening. Yep. Mm. Uh, I kind of want to stay here. But, uh, the wife kind of wants to move home just in terms of, um, just in terms of like, you know, her parents missing out on seeing my little daughter. And obviously she's like growing so fast. It's like they're missing out on, on, on a lot. So uh, I think, you know, you got to listen to the boss and pretty much go home. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, don't be like Jeff where I don't wear no belt because I just <laughs> use my shoestring. <laughs> I, just, I, I just use a shoestring. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I think, um, so we're basically, uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm basically doing the groundwork here um, to get to get pretty much get ready to go home. So I've got my hands in a few things. Um, what you just mention it or just yeah what? yeah yeah if you if you're happy yeah, to if you're comfortable, um, bro. just getting in like you know 
um, the real estate um, business, you know, a few shares here and there. So at the moment, while we're in quarantine, I'm just like just doing that PT course. I'm just doing that like real quick. Just keep busy um, until I start in October. I'm going to do that uh, business and uh, management course. Funny story, mate. I started that because I started it like two or three years ago. I done like I started it, paid like the first year of it, done the first module, and then I paused it because that was the time where I was off contract and I couldn't do both. Like I'm so bad at multitasking, <laughs> and so I was like, man, I can't, I can't study and like do rugby when this is my life when I'm off contract and stuff. So like I, I called like the union. I was like, man, can can we put this on hold and stuff? And there was only like you know there was only a limit to where like you could like put it on hold. But then, like, I went to call them back, like, and then, like, and then they said to me, "Oh, you've like um, expired your limit." <laughs> 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 so, like, like yeah, I have to start all over again, and I, and I was like, "Oh, so does that mean I have to pay all over again?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, pretty much." So I went to the RPA. I was like, "Hey, look, can you guys hook me up and this and that?" <laughs> <laughs> and then just go from there. Still yet to decide what I actually want to do in life, but um, mate, at least I got something going. That's yeah. the main. Yeah, bro. As an athlete myself, you know, like it's a scary thought, eh? Like, bro, you know, like I've been, I've been doing this since I was 18 years old. You know, I'm 29 now. I know that the writing's on the wall. Mm-hmm. It could be next year. It could be, you know, when I'm 31. One injury away. One injury away, Lima. One injury away, you know? man. Well, this competition could go bust. You know, like with mm-hmm. everything that's going on at the moment with the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, like scary. Who, who knows? You know, so. I guess this time is a good time for all of us to kind of just sit back and take stock and just look at maybe what we might want to do when we finish rugby, eh? But mm-hmm. it is scary because, like, yeah. I, I don't even know what I want to do um, yeah. either, but it's always good to think about those things. So I, I actually know what I want to do, but then to actually be it, I'm not quite sure. So to oh, be yeah. honest, I'll just tell you now, I pretty much just want to be my own my own boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. pretty much just want to go and check, like, you know, check different businesses, see if it's, like, you know, operating well without lifting a finger. <laughs> That's, I'm just being honest, bro. I'm just being honest. Like, I'm, I'm a dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like that. Like, I don't, like, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I've came, I come across like a dick, but, like, that's what I actually want to do. Like, like, yeah. You just don't know what your empire is, hey. Is that what you say? Yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, I just don't know what it is yet. And like, so whether if it's real, if I do so well in the real estate and it's and it's just it's so crazy, like I can just you know, it could sky's the limit, man. But yet to decide yet. Well, when you build your empire, bro, make sure you don't forget the third phase, boys, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of you played a, a handful of tests for Samoa, bro, and, and growing up in Porirua where Samoa, Samoa ethnicity is massive, like what did that mean to you, bro? And kind of, bro, it meant a lot. Like, yeah, it was pr- pretty much the highlight at the time. What I failed to do, though, in, my, in the short amount of time that I did play in, in, uh, for the Manu, is my, I let the, my emotions get the better of me. Just because it was Manu, it was, it was like, you know, I was Samoan and everything like that. Like, so every time I got a chance, I never actually played well. Yeah, yeah. Mate, it was, it was like I was overthinking, I was over trying, I was trying too much. And so, like, by me, like, over trying, 
I never got picked on them. And then I could understand during that time why I wasn't getting picked and stuff because I was overthinking. And I knew exactly what I was doing. Like, this is not this is not how I play. But I was I was just overthinking over overdoing things too much. Just just because like I don't know. I think the emotions of uh, being in the squad got got on top of me because um obviously not every like not every club club player can play international because international level is a whole different ball game. And I obviously didn't adapt to it too well. So hence that's the reason why I've only got five, six caps. I took a lot of um, experience on the last tour that I went to, which was to qualify for the World Cup. So um, that was a real good squad, good coaching, um, good coaching setup and everything, good um, good environment. Uh, you know, obviously like Jack Lamb, Chris Boy, all those boys, like Tosi PC, like, you know, setting that foundation for us guys to like play really well. And then that's where I thought like um, I played some of my best games for uh, in, in the blue jersey because um, I pretty much started most of those games and stuff. Yeah. And so like you know my awareness was like was much better was like was much better. Sorry, and like in terms of like instead of actually running, you know, you can actually pass. <laughs> you can actually pass the ball to like you know, and uh, playing just with playing with guys like um, Asi Tuala, you know. Alpatileua, who who actually play here, who are quite smart as well. So they help completely, like a lot, man. So playing for the Pacific Islands as a whole is a very different story to top tier nations, and probably this ties in what you're saying around your heart <clears throat> on your sleeve when you play play for Samoa yeah. because you you pretty much are playing for love. And a number of boys and I know have gone through that. You know, they, uh, you know, stories of them paying for their own fears or covering others or covering the island boys who come into the squad. Did, what was your feeling around that? Yeah. Well, was that much of a thought to you? Like, did that did that kind of factor your process around your availability nah, to man. play? <clears throat> nah, hundred percent. Nah. Every time I got the call up, mate, I'll like answer it. I'll mm. pretty much go like, even though if I had to pay my fear, I'll find it. I'll pay it. If I had to pay it back, I'll just pay it back. To be honest, I wasn't too fussed about the money. I was just focused on playing. One point uh, two, like just not recently, um, like you know, um, our prop Longavi uh, Mulipolo. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he touched on it uh, recently, like when we were in the championship. Like, man, like this our team environment is not the same as like if you're in the Samoan environment. You know, like, and then I was like, oh, what do you mean? And, and then he explained, like, like so, like being in the Manu Samoa team is like a brotherhood. It's like um, it's like a brotherhood where everyone plays for each other. They die for each other. Like you know, they do this and that for each other. Like you know, it's like. So he's speaking from emotion. Mm. You can tell he's speaking from emotion. Like you know, it's that feeling that you can't describe. But then when you play for a club, it's kind of like your 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 emotions and your feelings are completely different. If you know what yeah. I mean. Mm. Yeah. So he. Yeah. Like yeah. So. Lima just said it. Sorry, I, d- I don't want to say it without saying it. You know what I mean? I can only just say that because he only just recently said that to me, like, what, a couple of weeks ago. And then, like, I was like, that's so true. Like, and you can tell. You, you, you can tell because when he puts on the blue jersey, he goes hard. But, like, obviously, I don't know for some reason if, like, you know, Obviously, because we're in a champ, it's it's quite tough to get up. To be honest, I'm not going to lie with you. There are times in the champ where it's tough, mate. Because, man, like it's just a different. It's like 
<laughs> it's just like it's like going back to club limo. I'm not out of like, cup. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not looking down on the champ, but it's like so far apart, like in terms of the yeah. frame and like you know the champ. It's like these are heavy hitters in terms of rugby. How do you have one prem team and then one have have like a lower team who's way but like way but mm. below like hard? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Are you looking forward to coming back up next year with Newcastle? Yeah, bro. Obviously, it was tough. Like, honestly, I'm not going to lie, bro. Like, you know, when we got relegated, it was tough for me, especially because in terms of on a personal level, because I, what, at the time we got relegated, I was like, what, I was 34 or 33. And so, and then, mate, time's against me and I don't want to be playing championship. I want to be playing top level rugby as much as I can because before I hang up the boots and then like a whole year is a very long time for for a guy like me. So I want to keep playing top level rugby on a personal level. That's why I was so like, I was pretty much angry, man, that we got relegated. And then after a while, I just had to accept it, get on with it and then made sure like we just got up as soon as possible, basically. Because, but still, I can't get that year back of playing in the prem. Yeah. So, like, bro, I always wanted to play in the prem and stay. Because, like, bro, playing in the prem is like basically staying relevant in, in the rugby scene. You know what I mean? And going in the champ is like, oh, where's this guy gone? He's just fully disappeared off the radar. And it's like, <laughs> bro, I want to play. I want to play the. I want to play the best people in the best league. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, did, did you, and then I, like, I say, go, go on. Sorry, did you have an opportunity to um, maybe leave, leave the club? And, you know, like, obviously, we got someone like Zach, Zach Kibarigi mm. from Newcastle. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Zach. He's killing, yeah, he's killing, he's it, killing yeah. it for us um, at the moment. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, um, you know, our team's MVP. But um, did, uh, did, was there any opportunity like that for you to maybe leave the club? Or were you always going to stay 10 toes down for, um, for nah. Newcastle because you've been there so long? Obviously, I done my. I had an op on my wrist on the uh, on the last game of the season, and then Ooh. straight after straight after the season, I was on my way home. Uh, phoned there, uh, spoke to my agents and whatnot, try to sort out like a loan a loan situation where I could like go um, still play premier level rugby and then come back once once promoted. Obviously, that didn't work out for for whatever reason. I won't get into it too much because it can and could sound messy but um yeah basically couldn't get let go and then had to stay with the falcons and then stay put and then managed to get back up really <laughs> oh nice yeah. well at least you're coming the back reason, up because uh, the only reason why i done what i've done because bro i'm let's be honest man like i'm not getting any younger and i still want to be playing top level rugby and to take mm-hmm. away a year is, is a long time for like a, a person like me. And so, say for instance, I do come back. So if I do enter like the prem, I won't be like the same because obviously, like you know, a whole year takes a lot out of your body. Yeah, it's not like your body. It's not like your body's getting any younger. And so, like you know, to try and perform, like obviously, your mind, like you know what your mind wants to do, but the body won't do it for you because you know, obviously, like you know, that's why people retire. But like, yeah, like. <sighs> That was tough, but yeah, just need to look after the body, really. Yeah, mate. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do to look after your body, bro? Bro, I'm just loving like basically, I love like body, um, like body weight, um, type stuff. I'm not into like that, like lifting, like heavy stuff, the squatting, 
Yeah, no. uh, Me neither, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro. <laughs> Squatting is just a straight sore back for me, man. Because I've got bad posture anyway, so like I'm just into like body weight basically. If I'm doing my body weight, if I can if I can lift my own body, like you know, to a, like a certain extent for so many times, then I can move as as quick. If you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. yeah Where if, I, sure. if I'm lifting, if I'm if I'm lifting heavy stuff. Now, I tend to feel like too bulky and like, you know, can't really move as quick. Why do you think you see all these poly boys, like especially all these high, like high velocity yourself, like TV, Toulouse, Charles, why do, why do you think your style does so well, like as an outside back here in the UK? Because when you look at the stats of the last few years, poly boys features oh, and all the clean breaks, right. defenders beaten, meters gained, like always like they're always featured and like <clears throat> look over the last five years and it's not the same you know it's very like why do you think and you've been in those number of times why do you think your style yeah, yeah. bro that's an awesome question man because when i got here i when i got here i knew straight away that i was a foreigner and knowing like you know no obviously knowing england like you know this is this is we don't come from here so it's a big emphasis on us as like outsiders to like put our 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 best foot forward, like in terms of playing better than you know than like your teammates, if you know what I mean. Because we're not from here, and like you know, so we're Islanders, and we need to like we need to play better than anyone in the team, right? because we we're not from here, and this is not our country, and so there's that big stigma to like you know, so like oh who's this guy coming from like wherever and he's like he's mud cakes and and all that like yeah when I, no straight up straight up that's how i felt when i when i got here straight up 100 percent. that's how i felt i felt like look i'm not from here this is not this is not where i'm from like i'm from like you know i'm from new zealand so i'm gonna come bring my new zealand style here mm. and i'm gonna show you guys how it's done Rezzle. pretty much yeah yeah Rezzle, you, yeah. <laughs> you see a lot of people yeah. A lot of people ask you about your footwork and all that, right? Like, and that's yeah. a yeah. And like, but do you think it's just not an emphasis here? Like, when you see other wingers, like English-born wingers or European wingers, do you think that it's like no, that's a step is a step, bro? A step is like anyone can step back at home. This everyone's yeah, doing that. Even guys who, <laughs> even guys who are doing it that you know obviously didn't like pursue like rugby to the to the fullest. Everyone done that in some some form or another in their day. Like it's it's nothing new, mate. It's been going on for ages. And plus, with that shimmy step, if you do it, you lose speed. So it's not quite the best, like, uh, it's not quite the best step to do in terms of like you know. Obviously, it looks cool and all, but like you you lose speed on it. So like just doing the one two three step, like you know the one step and then gap it, you're still keeping your speed. But that shimmy one, it just looks cool and all that, but yeah. it does. It's not the best. It's not the best in terms of like you know running away with it. it just looks good and all that he's a pretty good on that exit winger bro <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> oh, oh that one no it's just because I lined them up so like I knew if I <laughs> if I beat the first guy for, for, for the step to work you have to line up like you have to line them up straight um, to his face so you pretty much already know what you're doing but you have to like so after you beat that first person, you have to align yourself like straight with him and do it right in his face, and then he won't know what what's happening. And then before he understands what what's happening, you already got the um the get go on the on the outside right. already for him to catch up. And that's how he he managed to catch up because I was too slow and he was quicker. <laughs> <laughs> bro, he's so fast, bro. He's so good. 
so far. By then, it was too late, bro. You you just had to ask him what sprigs you were wearing, eh? Whether you were wearing molds or, or metal studs, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, mind you, that was the year where I was fighting for a contract as well. So like, I just put my head down and, and just go for it, man. Anything you regret like in your rugby career so far? Look, probably the one I point out is when you had you've had that blonde hair moment with with Newcastle. Yeah. Like <laughs> any other crazy hair, yeah. any haircuts or anything that that uh, you take back? Yeah, bro. Like uh, the the last game of uh, in uh, Italy, I had a mate. Like we had a bit. Like if we were to um, on the last game of the season, we were supposed to dye our hair blonde. <laughs> And then I, I rocked up to the game and it was only me that dyed my hair blonde. The guy that came in with his hair still black. I was like, you little, little rat. Yeah, we got a few. We got a few questions, bro. Before we take a question for Sonotti uh, from Scott Stevenson, um, what is your thought process on what way he steps a player? So you talked about aligning a player, but what about like what direction you go or how do you like where you're going to shake your head? Where you're going to fucking you know? Yeah. It, uh, you pretty much make like so if you've got stepping skills in like your repertoire in terms of like you know obviously like say like Lima's like a 10 he kicks and passes and whatnot so I'm a winger so I need to know how to step how to like run where to move and stuff like so I I don't have time to think I pretty much have to do what what's actually what's actually presented to me and then react and then do it real quick so I'd, I've got no time to think I just actually do it so it just comes off the cuff. So, yeah, so it does. So oh, I'll try and put it into, de- into more detail. So, like, so obviously if I get the ball and I'm on the outside, I'm going to try to whack him and, and like, step, in, step inside. But I'm not going to do a shimmy. I'm just going to do a one step. And then hopefully there's some support on the, uh, on the inside and then, you know, pop an offload. Or if I can, like, pop one step, pull a fend out and keep going, then that's, that, that's a line break, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But if, like, if it's the last defender, then I could pull up. I can do whatever I want with it. Like you know, goosey him on the left, goosey him on the right. Do the shimmy or do the one, uh, one step gap it. It's a buffet, man. Because so yeah, because um, because you, you kind of name like your steps and like that's how you know like what what you're gonna do. Um, at the time, so like you, like a one step is just a one step. Keep your same speed. The two step is the, you know, where I used to see Christian Cullen like pull the out and then in yeah. and then gap it, and then the three is the like go in out and then in again. So that's yeah. like I, that's that's the three, and then the, and then once you learn that, and then you can pretty much like mix it up and make it your own. Like then you can turn it, you can like wave your head, and then. And just make it your own, bro. <laughs> just make it your own. Honestly, once you get those three, you can pretty much play off it. And then, but then, one of the underrated things, man, in rugby is just the goose, like the like the Fijian boys, bro. They just make it look so effortless, but it's such a weapon, bro. It's like not even funny. What, what about, about the Fiji Finn, bro? Hey, <laughs> eh? what's that? What, what about the Fijian Finn, bro? You know how they do, they do, do with those ones? They just say. Like Nakagawa, who else does yeah. those? Nikki, like, bro, they all got it, eh? I don't it's know those why. hands. Like, it's those hands, see. dude. It's those hands. Yeah. It's like that thing, man. Because Gonova was at Newcastle, right? Was he there when you were? Bro, yeah. Yeah. So he came, he came, bro, and he brought buzz to our team on that year. He um got a player there. So he pretty much picked up all the, all the awards when he came on his first year. Was it his first or second? I think it was his first. 
Oh no, second, sorry. So her second year, he came and just scooped up all the awards for us, man. Honestly. Unreal. He, he was good for us, man. Honestly, he was real good. Well, and it was good to play with him as well. Such a nice guy, man. Got another question here, bro. What attracted yeah. you to the Falcons all those years ago? And secondly, having been there for a while, what is the team culture like? All the Pacific boys seem to be having a blast. Falcons up. What attracted me was um, the initial the initial coach was uh, Peter Russell, who I worked with uh, back in New Zealand for Hawke's Bay. He um, attracted me to Newcastle. Um, and I've been here ever since in terms of the Island boys. Um, we tend to like just band together, coffee, coffee every morning. Just bands. Uh, so we're the, we're like the clowns of the team, pretty much. We're like the chilled guys. Like so, we're not so much up. I don't think we're we're not so much uptight, man. Honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. We're not so much uptight, like you know, in terms of training. Like you know, like we have fun with it because obviously not trainings are not gonna be easy, like in bad weather, and so you need to kind of mix it up and like you know, just muck around, like take the Mickey <laughs> out of each other just to get through the day because honestly. You're doing it on a daily basis, like so. Like, why not mix it up just to like you know get through your day? So like, now I find the island boys like you know we're quite we're quite good with in terms of that. And like, we just like to have a laugh and like. But when it comes to business, you know it's hundred percent business. You know, flick the switch, <clears throat> hard out. Yeah, yeah. How do the um how do the island boys handle the Newcastle winters? Right. <laughs> I'm not the heating bill, man. Yeah, it's tough that yeah, exactly the heating bill, but like it's it's like that cold, like you know how it gets into your bones. Like, it's, like, it's, it's like it's stabbing you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I complain I'm in London, but man, it's a different ball game in Newcastle, man. It's another level, man. It's like winter failure. <laughs> bro, the one thing you got you got going for you up there, bro, is going to Rodney's house for a mean feed Oh, Everyone goes, yeah, Lima. Like, it's like, so that's the house where all the island boys get together and, like, uh, you know, just like have good food, have some drinks, whatever. Man, his place is the place that we, uh, we where we all migrate. And, like, now, like, that guy, but that guy open, opens his doors to pretty much any, all the boys who's um, keen to come over. So that's what's good about Rodders and his, um, and his wife. Man, they're such good people, man. They'll just open the door for anyone and everyone. To come over for a feed and a drink, bro. It's it's mad, eh? mad. It's mad, eh? Like that New Year's, that New Year's. Oh, that was funny. Um, that was good, man. That good had. times. Wow. Yeah, good that times. Was the best feed. I think that's one of the best feeds I've had in the UK in my two years. <laughs> <laughs> bro, Sanotti, brother. Thanks so much for for your time, bro. Is yeah. there anything else you want to add, or any questions the boys want to ask? Just touch, like important one. You talk about KFC, bro. When you're on your own, Ben, what's the order? So pretty much, so I used to go to this one in this real rough area um, in Newcastle. That um, why is really that? Do good chicken. Oh yeah. What's that? Say again. Yeah. Why is that? Oh, because oh, because that was the closest to my house. Oh yeah. But now I, I've I've found a new one where it's quite further, but they actually like do really good chicken and fresh chicken, and they actually like so. I can go there and go, oh, so instead of just getting, like, chicken, I can ask for, like, oh, can I get um, 10 chicken thighs? So they give me, like, you know, the thighs instead of, like, the other, like, stink pieces. 
Wazar Basin all day. So yeah, so they're happy to give me like like ten fires, drumsticks and stuff. Like you know the best bit? Yo. Yeah, so like I go I go there like and um yeah, I just order like ten thighs and like or split it up or ten drumsticks and uh ten chicken thighs. Because I like the best bits. I don't like the dry bits. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you eat it all in one sitting or is it just, do you stagger it over a few days? Nah. So, like, it's got to be, it's got to be consumed within two days, bro. Like, if it's over <laughs> there, bro, you're chucking that away. Yeah, so yeah. If I can't finish it, I'll just cover it up and chuck it in the fridge. And then after training, I'll come home and then just finish it up. Boom. <laughs> Done. Recovery meal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying because if you're going to eat something like that, you got to compromise. So, like, for instance, like, I don't eat breakfast. I'll just have a shake. So, you know, you just, just got to compromise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's just that experience. Funny, <laughs> <laughs> man. Um, I got one more question. Um, there's, a, there's a 20-year-old kid who's about to leave yeah. Porto and explore the world uh, playing rugby. What would your advice be to him? Bro, seek advice um, from the RPA um, in the Pacific um, and our Pacific um, one that's happening here. Honestly, it's a tough transition and try and um, <clears throat> try get him to get um, get around um, a group of boys who are similar in his situation and who are from like, you know, like who are from like, you know, who are actually not from England. And just try to seek advice and try and ask as much questions as possible because no question is a dumb question, man. Honestly, it's a scary feeling being here. So you want to be as like, you know, as secure and like, you know, as knowledgeable as possible for that young kid, bro. Because 20, fuck, that's, that's, that's scary, man. That's scary. But like, you know, just try to like get in touch with like, you know, all the people necessary who like, you know, for instance, like the RPA if they were involved, like, you know, similar situation, like, or if he's Pacific Islander, get into our Pacific uh, with Dan Leo and then uh, Lima. You got a little, I mean, just a quick shout out to Dan, Dan Leo as well, because like the work he's doing, because if you think like Sonotti, you know, 10 years ago, like, or any, when you see those stories that Dan's putting out on Trevor and the one on uh, Rupini, like they just didn't have those uh, systems, eh? although that infrastructure to, to even go, yeah, well, oh, is, who's done it before? You know, because they, they were almost some of the exactly. first, especially exactly, someone like bro. Trevor, like he's one of the first kind of guys to come over and, yeah. and do it. So he, like, he doesn't know because yeah. um, there just wasn't. And unfortunately, that's had to happen for for these union or these associations and um, and then like guys like yourselves to go, oh, yep, yeah, I'm going to make sure I build and then, you know, um, pass it forward and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Because you, you learn off them, man. Like, honestly, obviously, like, you know, back in those days, it was, like, cutthroat. It was but bit ruthless, too, like, in terms of, like, so you watch, like, um, Dao Dao's um, docker and Trevor and stuff like yeah. that. And then, like, you, you know, you, you put yourself in their position, like, to the point where you don't want to be in that position. And so, like, you try your best to avoid that. And, like, honestly, because... Those guys were good players, man, and like it's sad to see like you know where they're at, at the moment, and then well, hopefully they come outside on, on the other side, and like you know with their story coming out, hopefully they can like you know boost them to like you know get better in life and like you know achieve something like that. Mm. Yeah, and I think the know. big thing is just them sharing their story because it's hard, like yeah. I guess it's hard enough for 100%, them to, to yeah exactly to exactly. like to say that from there uh, to go through what probably was a difficult time post rugby. And then go, you know, like knowing that in full well, it's 
like it may not help them them because they don't get a second chance, but it's going to help. Um, it's going to help you know generation. the next the next generation. You know, mm. yeah. Because I always put myself in their shoes. Like, what if that was me? Bro, I'll be like, like you know, I'll be messed up. Like, yeah, that's so sad, bro. I think, especially being from kind of Polynesian backgrounds, like we all are, um, like the to stand up and kind of talk about your story and talk about your weakness and your failings is probably not something we do enough often. So like for them to step up, particularly who were, I suppose the goats of, of their era is mm-hmm. like, is pretty awesome as well. Yeah. Cause I'll be honest with you. So like if I, if I was in, in their shoes, I don't think I could, could have done it. Mm. Yeah. So mate, for them to even do that is like a big step. But like, that's tough, man. And like just credit to, Credit to them for even coming out with their stories because that's that's actually motivated me and other and other Pacific Islander players as well. And I think I think them telling their stories and that's like validation or evidence of it doing their purpose. If it's kind of changing your mindset and transforming your mindset, inspiring you to be better, then that's like mm. that's potentially mission. Well, not mission accomplished, but you know that's validation of it all. Uh, and that's and like uh, that's been credit to Dan Lil for actually like you know going out of his way and like, you know, actually going to the, going to them and like um, putting all their content together and stuff like that. Like, ah, he's doing big things, Dan. So like big credit to him as uh, well. That's awesome. Uh, that's probably us tonight. Sorry, like we've probably gone over how long you were yeah, expecting. Bro. So now, nah, man, appreciate your time. <laughs> <Did we go>? <laughs> no, <laughs> cool to hear your story. I think like, obviously there's been so many Polynesian players that have come over to the UK but they've all got their own kind of pathway and journey and then all their own challenges yeah. and successes over that time I think so it's cool to hear that for, you know for probably me and T like just interesting and then but for other players even one listens and, and learn something and how they may do it differently or, or, or do it the same way that you learn from your experiences then I think that that can only be a good thing I think nah, awesome, bro. yeah thanks Appreciate bro it. Now all good, all good. Appreciate the chat. Yeah, bro. Shop, bros.